Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Good morning. Welcome to Medicine Call. This is Dr. George. I'm supposed to have a guest on. It is a live show, and this is what happens, I guess. Um, Before, and hopefully he'll call in, I'd like to go over, I think it's been an an article or a poll that came out saying that 70% of Americans were in favor of single payer. And I wanted to address that because, as you know, a lot of things that are said in, in the mainstream media uh, you really have to take with a grain of salt, and you really have to look at these polls, you know, with a with a, a magnifying glass. It all depends on who you poll and how many people are in the poll to make it actually uh, mean something. There's only two thousand people uh, in that poll, and I just don't think you can extrapolate uh, t- the opinions of two thousand people to. Uh, 300 million people in the country. And, you know, you have to look at the bigger picture. There's been a movement towards uh, single payer, towards trying to control our health care system. And if they can't do it legislatively, they're going to try to manipulate people by making them think uh, that it's, it's what everybody wants. So you should go along with the program and follow the group think. And ultimately, nothing's changed. There's no physician that I know who is in favor of single payer. The only people who are really for it are the people who are academics and who may not be practicing medicine on the front line, who stands to gain. And when you look at another article that came out about Sweden and about the title of it, I can't remember the title, but the gist of it was, you know, Sweden has the best healthcare system in, in Europe if you can get it, which means these guys are waiting they are not getting treated in, in a timely manner. They're ending up waiting online for treatment, everything from cancer treatment to heart treatment, etc. And do we really want to enter a system like that? Do we really want to give up our, our autonomy and our ability to access the system in the way we see fit? Or do we want to end up in a one-size-fits-all Uh, system that's still expensive. And that was what struck me more about this article, is that the hospital in Sweden is the most expensive hospital in the world. How does that happen if you're single payer? I thought you're supposed to keep the cost down. It actually doesn't work that way. You end up spending more money and you end up getting less. Where else is that possibility? You see that in the uh, postal system. You see it in Medicare. You see it everywhere where the government or some entity has ultimate power over the purse. Whoever has the pocketbook has the power. That's the thing that people need to keep in mind. And do you want to control your, your, your power? Do you want someone to tell you what you should have? You know, last week we were talking with Dr. Singleton, and she mentioned, or we talked about uh, the fact that if you... If you are depending on somebody to take care of you, then you're going to have to take what they get, whether that's uh, a basic income, which is a horrible idea. Imagine somebody or the government deciding you're going to get you know, a few hundred bucks a month. You start to depend on that. 
And by the way, it's not going to be enough to really live on. It's going to be enough to just be a subsistence. Who can live on a couple hundred bucks a month, maybe $700 a month? Depending on where you live, that's really not very much money. And if you do become dependent on that, what happens when the system goes off, when it stops working? I mean, ultimately, you're on the hook, and there's nobody that's going to be able to help you. I really, truly believe in all aspects of our of our society, if you really, really concentrate on making good choices and taking your power in your own hands and you're, and making mistakes and owning up to them, no one's perfect, but it, I'd rather be in a position where I made a conscious decision about something, whether it worked out or not, at least it was my choice, as opposed to somebody telling me what I should be happy with and what I should like. That's a problem. I mean, ultimately, we really have to... I think there's a dichotomy in our in our whole society. This election is an election of choice. Do you want to have some body, some entity, some central Politburo tell you what you need, how you want to think, how you should think, sorry, what you should put in your mouth, what foods you're allowed to have, what friends you're allowed to have, what you're allowed to say, whether that's on the internet or in public discourse, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm listening to these people yesterday in the in the uh, what is it, the Kavanaugh hearing, and it was just a fiasco. I don't, you know, you can have a second, you can have a difference of opinion, but that was just like watching. Even preschoolers are not like that. Screeching, trying to shout people down. I mean, it got so bad that he had to remove his children. That's not public discourse, and I think if you want more of that, then you need to think about this election, or if you don't want more of that, you better think about this election, because that's what you're going to get on steroids if this election turns towards the left. I think my show has been very much focused on choice and about what's really underneath everything in this intellection cycle. It's not what people are saying. Look at their actions. Yesterday's actions were just appalling. Why on earth would it be allowed, unless this is an agenda to try to, to intimidate people, make people so just so annoyed they just tune out completely, while they just completely do things that are lawless? It's like watching or reading 1984. You had the Congress people talking about rule of law, and but the, what they were talking about, their examples were actually against law. So if the immigration laws are that you have to, you know, you can't come in the country without being vetted or whatever the law is, and you just circumvent it and make up, actually legislate from the bench, it's not following the law, that's the difference. And I mean, I just don't think that that's how I want to live because it's at the whim of whoever's in power. That's why we have laws. And if you want to, if you don't like them and you need to change them, that's the key. And I don't think anybody wants to do that. They just want to pontificate, shut people up, uh, you know, basically make it up as you go along. But the gist is it is the same. Control, shut down your opposition. If you can't win, turn the board over and stop playing the game altogether. I've never seen anything like this. What do you think, Dave? Oh, you shouldn't have asked me. I, you know, I couldn't believe what I saw yesterday. And you and I both have been to uh, 
to D.C. and to the hallowed halls of Congress. And I, I thought it was so beautiful and so inspirational and that we have a wonderful country. And the people yesterday, the swamp rats in my opinion, came out and showed their true colors. And I was, you know, I was appalled. I was embarrassed for the rest of the world to see what, and they call themselves our representatives. Well, I'll tell you <laughs> something. They ain't my representative. My representatives are not going to act like that, like swamp rats. Well, they don't represent us. No. They actually work against us. I mean, I'm, at some point I'd love to have a congressperson on the show to really discuss what it's like, what, you know, what your allegiance is. You may take an oath to cover the Constitution, but there's a lot of things that go up in there. And the lobbyists have so much power that all they're concerned about, and I was told this by one of the aides, they spend 90% of their time trolling for money. They don't even know what's going on on legislative side. It's the aides that do all the work. To get reelected. Yeah, that's all they care about. And when they're there, all they're pushing through is an agenda that their benefactors want them to push through. So it's not surprising. And it has nothing to do with Democrat and Republican. We need to get off of that completely. It's us against them, if you really want to be honest about it. Every side has an agenda. If the Republicans really, really believe what they said to get in, we wouldn't have had Obamacare. We wouldn't have had it repealed by now. A lot of things would have gone down because they are in power. They are the majority. You wouldn't think so. You know, it's constant status quo. It's just a different face of the status quo. Them getting more power, them legislating in a way that they're above the law. Obamacare's perfect example. Why doesn't it apply to them and their aides? should apply to everybody. Amen. Or being able to insider trade. They can pass the law, know what's coming down the pipe, you know, do their um, investments accordingly, and it's insider trading, but not for them. But had it been you or me, we'd have been in jail by now. You know, why, you know, the question should be asked, why are you coming a pauper, or relatively speaking, you come out a multimillionaire? What's up with that? You know, you have Claire McCaskill as an example where they've made out big bucks, she and her husband, Pelosi, she's the richest woman in Congress, isn't she? What's up with that? It's Maxine Waters, I mean, she doesn't even live in her district. People need to stop falling for the rhetoric I'm exhausted of listening to all the drama with race baiting and class baiting and sex baiting, you name it. I can't believe these people have just are not exhausted. It's like you know, they're always on 10. But what they're arguing for doesn't exist. You know, yes, there's racism. Yes, there's sexism. But honestly, it doesn't, it's not the, the forefront of society. Not anymore. And if you have a brain and you have the, the will to do something, you can work the system, period. I'd rather be here than anybody else, anywhere else in the world because you can actually have a skill, have a talent, make it work, and actually succeed, despite anything. You know, wouldn't it be interesting to be able to follow... If you listen to, quote-unquote, the candidates today, they all say the same thing. I can make the difference. 
<laughs> and, you know, and I think some of them sincerely believe that. Until they but get in. Until they get in. And then wouldn't it be interesting to follow one and see what what kind of arm twisting, what kind of sex twisting, what kind of whatever twisting it is that makes them jump right into the middle of the swamp. Within, mm -hmm. And it's not months, it's literally days that they have. So, you know, they go from I'm going to cure everything to I can't fix it. Well, they don't. I'm part of it. I don't think they even say that. They just do it. I mean, the rhetoric stays the same, but their actions change. You know, how can people be in Congress and never sponsor a bill? What are you doing all day? Aren't you supposed to be legislating? You know, you're just following a group thing. What do you get paid to do that? You know, I just I question that. It's like the decent people don't go into politics. It's not just Congress. It's everywhere throughout politics. And it's actually seated the, the state level the local level, you know, you have ALEC, which is this lobbying group, which is pouring money into the state level legislatures. So you still have corporate driven, you know, corporatist power on your local level. You know, you're getting taxed for things that you're like, why? And the hospitals are a perfect example of that. They're running roughshod over everybody, making big bucks, paying their CEOs like kings. And yet they're still crying poor. If you don't pay taxes and you don't have to worry about indigent people, you know, really getting free care because the government's going to bail you out, how on earth can you still complain that you're, that you're poor? I don't get that. But we need to actually start making some serious choices. I refuse to feed a system that's working against me. I think people need to think about that. Let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine On Call. I just want to apologize. My guest is not going to make the show today, but I will definitely reschedule him so that we can actually have a conversation about cryptocurrencies because that's also something that's integrated into the healthcare system. Blockchain, you know, keeping your health information in a digital uh, environment. And is that safe? Is it? Is it about everybody having actually access to your healthcare information. So that show is coming. So I'm so, I apologize about that, but we'll we'll get there. Um, so before the break, we were talking about a lot of things, but the fact that there's a really concerted effort yesterday before at the beginning of the congressional um, hearing, it was stated that the Democrats had had a conference call the night before, basically, setting up their resistance agenda. And there's another article that comes out that one of the people who were part of the hecklers was actually paid in cash. This is theater on so many levels. These people are paid actors, paid agitators, just like Antifa, just like the rest of Black Lives Matter, just like the people who come into your, these communities are bust in, and they're the ones that cause all the havoc and, and the damage and the mayhem, and it's not the people in the communities, but they get painted with that brush. This is a huge undertaking, and if you really want to be honest, the media is just as integrated into it as the powers that want to keep the status quo. You can make anything look any way. If you say it enough times, if you 
change your frame of the presentation, if you edit what the person says, anything can look anyway. That's why people really need to look at alternate sources. You can watch your mainstream stations, but you should really try to use the internet as well. Go on YouTube. Use alternate alternate media platforms so you can get another perspective because this is the same perspective, which is anybody who's going to threaten it is a problem and they're going to make you look as bad as they can as they can they'll demonize you they'll make it whatever you say sound worse than it actually is for example this is this is what they do right the Aretha Franklin funeral Louis Farrakhan was at the funeral on the dais on CNN they cut him out so people didn't even know that he was on there this is the the level that they'll go to to make things sound a certain way If you don't toe the line, you're demonized. The pastor from Georgia, who really made an eloquent, heartfelt speech about the state of black America, he got, no, tried to ride him out on a rail, but thank God, he's a man of conscience and honor and truth, and he stood his ground. But most people would have said, I misspoke. I'm sure, you know, he's getting calls and all sorts of things, and he's the worst person in the world. Of course, he was every phobic that you can imagine. And if you listen to the speech, nothing was phobic about it. But it was it was truth spoken to power. As long as we allow the system to try to crush people who want to get a thought idea, a thought or an idea out there, maybe it, it's not what the status quo is. Maybe it is against what you think, but everybody has a right to say it. As long as they're not putting your, their hands on you, as long as they're not impeding your progress, then they have a right to speak it. You know, this whole internet thing with Twitter and Facebook and the rest of the things, shadow banning and and turning off opposition. I mean, is this how you have to play the game? You can't have a discourse, you can't have a conversation with somebody because you don't know facts and therefore you just want to not talk about it at all. That's not a system that anybody should want. Because the next time it will be what you think. You may be on the winning side now, but at some point you won't be. And will you like it when the shoe is on the other foot? That's what people need to come to the decision on. You know, emotion is awesome, but it's not sustainable. And it makes people do ridiculous things. And it makes people act in a way that is disrespectful, hurtful, and in some cases, physically violent. I don't understand how Congress people can literally say, I want, I want more of these people, invite these people in. I think it was that Elizabeth Warren actually went and doubled down on the people who were protesting, and Feinstein uh, invited somebody who literally was against something physically against Kavanaugh. So you have an intimidation environment in there, and I don't know how he sits there and puts up with it, honestly. But I don't think it's playing out the way they think. I think people are actually either turned off or they're so disgusted that they're literally, it's not, you know, they love love the word fairness. This isn't an example of it's not fair. It's let the guy have a hearing. If you don't want to vote for him, fine. But this is not the way to go about it. And if this sets the precedent for the rest of 
anybody else coming in there on the opposite side, the same thing is going to happen. And then everything will be stagnated. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? I think if the people that were causing it during the hearing, if they had any class whatsoever, they would, and if they wanted to make inroads into anything, they'd get up and apologize, and apologize to the American people for their actions. That, it, that won't happen, I realize that, but they owe us an apology, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't, yes, but I, not, we're not going to get it. These are ideologues, and so anything goes. This is the Alinsky playbook, you know, by any means necessary. I think uh, the old saying, what goes around comes around, and I hope that what you said a minute ago is exactly what happens, is that when we go to vote for those people, they get voted out. Oh, I think there's, it's some, it's a smell of desperation in the whole thing, frankly, that they're not winning. Everything they've done to try to do a roadblock on this administration really has not worked. It's kind of backfired, and they've been shown to play dirty pool, make things up, literally stack a deck, and it's just not working. And calling people names because they are, because you lost, is not a strategy. <laughs> I don't think it is. It's like watching, I mean, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen children act this way. Yeah. I haven't. I, I, bet, I, st I just started to say, I, I would bet any amount of money, I know my parents talk to me about it. I would bet any amount of money that your parents talk to you about it, and it's called being a sore loser. Now, if Hillary Clinton isn't the epitome of what our parents identified as sore losers, I don't know what is. And the Democrats in general. In general. And the optics on this, this just looks really bad. You know, the even the, the candidates that they're putting up now, they are, I mean, at least they've uncloaked themselves. So I'm really glad to know that they're coming out and just calling themselves socialists instead of this progressive, you know, mantra or cloak that they've put on. This is not progressive and it's not liberal. Liberal is actually the opposite. Liberal means it's conversation, it's freedom of thought, it is express yourself and you can, you know, communicate with each other, you can debate. This is not about debate. It's about my way or no way. And if I can't get my way, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to remove you. I'm going to erase you. You are not human. That's their agenda. And even though they talk about the middle class ad nauseum, they are not for the middle class. They're for the elite class. These are the academics, people who teach, proselytize, but in the real world can't get it done. Now, this is going to sound a little off base, I guess, but, you know, in my opinion, I don't think a person, man or woman, should be serving in our Congress that hasn't served in the military in some shape, form, or fashion, in that the military teaches you humility. It also teaches you the fact that you are vulnerable. That bullet can get you just as well as it can get the next person. And I think if they 
walked in a soldier's boots, there would be a lot better group of people in Congress than there is today. I don't quite agree with that. It needs to be representative of everybody. But we need to take the money out of it. Get rid of the lobbyists. That's completely, it should be legal to have representation without really being part of your constituency. And they shouldn't be allowed to see people that from a foreign country or from, you know, a a corporation that is not even in their state, let's say. That's just influence peddling. If it's not, if it's not an oxymoron and hypocritical, gee, Congress legislated that a pharmaceutical rep can't walk in your office and give you a scratch pad and a pen, but they can walk into a congressional office and give them a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. Oh, you know, in a private jet, fully paid. Yeah. Or a foreign government can do it. There's a question mark. And if you really want to continue with the whole structure, these think tanks are just as bad. There's an article about Heritage and all these other ones, a lot of other ones, who get their money from Soros or China. That's a foreign government. So when they're putting out their white papers and their, you know, their theories on things, who are they really working for? It's not for you. But they have, the, the again, the cloak or the cover of left or right. They're not. They're about global, globalism, about something, some entity, whether it's a country, foreign country, whether it's a corporation, it's never the individual. I can trust and believe on that one. It's some group or thing that stands to gain if legislation is passed to give them a leg up. How many, how much, the corporate America, the power that corporate America has is ridiculous. When you think of most jobs in the, in the country are given or, or made by small business mom and pop. That's who really employs a majority of the people in the country. But we don't have the money to go up there and, and ply Congress. We don't. But the, these people, maybe these multinational corporations, have a ton of money. And in that regard, they have more power than we do. And that's wrong. So if you take money out of politics, you wouldn't get a situation where literally everybody's working against you. You're just there to make them money. You're there to pay a tax. You're there to get in line and keep the system going. And they'll do it by any means necessary. How many times can you possibly hear the race card played? It's just the whole Florida thing with DeSantis and him saying, don't monkey around with something or monkey something up. It's a euphemism. It's an idiom. It's not a racial statement. But this is what they do. I can't believe that people are going to fall for that when apparently in Florida, black-owned businesses are higher than anywhere else in the country. That's a statistic. No one talks about that. Everyone says, oh, black people are destitute. We need the Democratic Party, blah, blah, blah. Really think about this. Do you really need that, or can you do it on your own? And does any of these so-called leaders really represent you? Are they there to keep you down because they stay relevant? If everybody's doing their own thing and running their own businesses, they don't need these powers that be to tell them you should be upset about something. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call.
health insurance was the promise of Obamacare. But for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. You know, I use the the Black American experience, but that's not the only. We're not the only group that this is being done to. There's women and the supposed choice. You know, everything is about your you know your reproductive system, which makes absolutely no sense. So that's supposed to be all the women think about is whether they can abort their child. That's ridiculous on so many levels. And this whole Roe v. Wade thing that's being put forth as the litmus test for the next Supreme Court justice, first of all, he's not going to go up there and he can't, even if he wanted to reverse something. You actually have to have a case that enters, that goes up there to do it. And let's say it actually did get reversed, then it would go back to the states where it should be in the first place. So there's there's not a finite, you know, if he gets in, it's gone. We'll be back in Jim Crow. You know, we'll have segregated schools. I mean, they've just in this, this it's almost like an energetic rut. It's an emotional drain. You, you keep digging something painful historically, and you make that the focal point so that Every time, it's like a Pavlov response. You say it, then those that are vulnerable in our society who don't read, really just live from one emotional catastrophe to the next, those are the people that they're talking to. The average person's not in that boat. They can actually see the real picture here. Black president two times, not voted by black people, but white people. He wouldn't have gotten in with a black vote only, right? You've had many, many women CEO of what? Facebook is a woman. So that's, it's not like there's this huge ceiling. There's women all over the place in corporate America, in politics, in positions of power. The, 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 I don't know how to put it, but energetically, this is a strategy. You know, you use emotional pain in order to shut people down. And as soon as you start dealing with your emotions, you live that way. Your reason is gone. You can't reason anything because you're too busy being hurt about something, you know, or generational hurt. I Come on. We're not living in slavery. This is not what my grandparents lived through. So I'm not, I don't buy into the fact that we've moved nowhere, that black people are moving backwards, that we're just one step from the plantation is ridiculous. And the fact that they think that I'm dumb enough to believe that offends me. And if we would, as a group, that's like if I were a white person, someone telling me that I'm a racist 24-7 when I know I'm not, 
which just pissed me off. Why are people taking this? That's my question. I don't get it. If you know you're not, why on earth are you being cowed and you're being bullied into believing something bad about yourself? They're actually teaching white children in in, in grade school, in, in the education system, that they're bad. That's their fault. They shouldn't be on this earth. They don't deserve to live. Are you serious? Where are the parents? Do they actually let their child be abused like this in school? You know, it doesn't even make sense to me. You know, I've said this before, and you may shut me off in saying it now, but in 1957, Dr. K from Lover Christian College gave a speech in my junior high school and he said you don't have to worry about the communists ever bombing the United States it's not going to happen they're going to take the United States by textbook and look at what's happening when somebody says rewrite history when somebody says just like what you were talking about with slavery with everything and and the textbooks today are just horrendous and they're teaching our kids just like you said to have no respect for themselves and you want to know who's taking over the communists now that may sound as radical as you can get but if you think about it they started at the university level and now they're down to the grade school level i would agree i mean you know it's maybe not they're not calling themselves communists they're calling themselves socialists or democratic socialists it's just, uh, you know, language, but it's still the same mindset that the state should run everything. They're statists. So you shouldn't have control over your reproductive rights. You shouldn't have control over how you educate your child. You shouldn't have control of what job you get. Better yet, nobody should work at all. Just get subsistence from the government and be happy. What, what is communism? The government. Mm doing everything for it. But it doesn't, because there's always some people that are more equal than others, right? So you have the people who are part of the government who are living at a different level. If you look at old Soviet Union, those folks got the great jobs. They lived in a different, they lived in a totally different social strata. They got the perks from Western, whatever, clothing, alcohol, whatever that came in through. But everybody else was living like dirt, is that what we're moving towards? Is that what they're trying to tell us we should want because it's fair? These are the same people who think that we're just useless. Useless eaters is what they really think of us. And if you read their, their documents and read how they really, really amongst themselves talk, they can't stand us. But they need us to, to you know, be their physician, cut their lawn, do whatever they need to do. This is an agenda. They could care less about folks coming in from South America. This is all about fermenting division and fermenting a system where it's overwhelmed. So you have to break it in order to remake it, right? If it's running like clockwork and people are actually getting jobs and manufacturing is blooming and there's opportunity, that is not a system that they want. You can see them. I mean, if the Republicans really had some sense and they wanted to win an election, all they would have to do is run the congressional uh, State of the Union address when the president talks about how there's the lowest employment rate for black Americans 
and pan to the Democratic side, it was horrendous. They're just, they're unhappy that black people are doing well, that Hispanic people are doing well, that women, yeah, they are unhappy because they don't get to uh, ferment this division, this, this, this formation of mental illness. Or they, they really want you to be just emotionally wrought. That's how they win their whatever they want to do. It's about people being wounded, unhappy, miserable, and then saying, I have no power, so I need you to help me. They need that mindset. It's the people that say, I don't need this. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to do better. I'm going to find a way. Those are not the people that they want in the system. They're the enemy to that mindset. That mindset needs you to be a victim and, quite frankly, to believe that you're a victim. That's how they work. And they've been working overtime to damage the minds of children, white children, black children, you name it. There's another movement towards the confusion, the gender identity confusion. I mean, there's parents now who will raise their child not as a boy or a girl until they're, I don't know, six or seven years old. What the? I mean, I don't even understand how that works, but they don't call them him or her. I don't know how that works, honestly. This is biology, right? There's boys and there's girls, there's male, there's female. The rest of this is social engineered on top of it. But it, they really depend on people being polite. That's where they get over on us. The people, society is really based on live and let live. I don't want to get in your face. I just want to leave you alone. Just leave me alone. That, and that gives them the in because they literally just keep taking more space, keep you know, controlling the conversation, keep making the rules so that what was normal conversation now, it's offensive and you're a bigot and no, you're not. You know, if you know you're not, people know when they're racist and people know when they're not. It's time for people to stand up and say, I don't, I don't care what you think. Honestly, if people did that more often, we would not be in the situation right now. Black, white, green, purple, doesn't matter. You know your heart. Nobody can tell you what you think. They don't know you. And for you to think that what you that you care about what they think, that somehow their definition of you is what is real is ridiculous. I don't know how we got in this situation. Nobody can define me except God. Maybe that's the problem. You know, the society's moved away from God. Not religion. Religion is man made, but a higher power. There's a golden rule. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be honest. You know, play by the rules. If you don't like the rules, you need to change them, right? But that's, I think, part of the problem. Everybody's out for them. You took it from me. I deserve it. It's my right. That's the worst word ever in terms of social standing. And on a, since this is a medical show, I want to extrapolate that to healthcare is a right, which these progressive liberals communist socialist candidates have now started uh, bandying about or around whatever that is a, that's the worst statement ever and you should have your the hair on your neck should stand up when people tell you that it's not a right it's a service that I choose to give as my oath prescribes for me to give nobody can tell me what my worth is as a physician or human being for that matter. And that's exactly what they're going to do. And as soon as they tell the doctors, 
it's a right. You need to do Medicare. You need to take Medicaid. You need to take this value for your service. They're going to tell you as a patient, you're too old. You're too sick. You're, you're, too, you're the wrong color. You're the wrong political persuasion. You're not getting it. Imagine that. Can you imagine that? That they troll through your social media. They figure out that you're not the right, you're the opposite of the, the group in power. And they're going to take it out on you like they do now. They do it on taxes. They do it in political parties. Imagine they did that from a healthcare perspective. And they denied your appendectomy because you were on a conservative website. Or you voted a certain way and you get denied services. I mean, China's kind of doing that already, right? They have a social score based on your internet, um, you know, your internet history, whether or not you'll get a loan, whether or not you'll be allowed to enter society. That's where they're going with this. And imagine the cryptocurrency sticking on top of that, where you don't have physical money and the money's digital, and they can turn off your internet. If you turn off your internet, you have no money, right? You can't access it. So imagine the amount of control, potentially, that could happen if this virtual system comes online, driven by some Watson AI that gets it smarter than everybody else. And as anybody watches any, any sci-fi knows, everything at some point wants to be autonomous and wants to run the show and is bigger and better than everybody else, and it never works out. So on that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. You know, as I said at the beginning of the show, this is an election that matters. The presidential election was one that mattered, and this is another one. I don't have a problem with people voting because they have made a choice, an educated choice. But I challenge my listeners, everybody out there, to actually do your own due diligence. Start reading. Come off of, I don't know if you even watch TV anymore. But find alternative websites, even the ones that are opposite what you think, liberal, progressives, conservative, whatever the, the tag line that you want to, the, the opposite of what you but you would be tagged as. So you can get another perspective. You can't, first of all, you can't stand, for, stand against something. You need to stand for something. And if you can't, if you don't understand exactly what the argument is, how it affects you personally, not your group, right? Not your tribe, but you and your family personally. And if people actually thought more along that way, I honestly don't think we'd be in this situation at all. I'm watching the Aretha Franklin uh, funeral, well, at least the pastor's um, speech, and it was really interesting because he took, it wasn't emotional. It was actually a very logical speech. Everybody needs, I don't care what group you're part of, gay, straight, transgender, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. Think about how the big picture the, the social norms are pushing you and is it working for you or is it making you work against yourself that's the question there is no reason for congress people to sit there and literally bemoan the fact that we're actually better that manufacturing is coming back taxes are lowered 
middle class is entering the workforce again. Why would that be a bad thing? Why would debt be a good thing? It doesn't make any sense from anybody's perspective. Does it make sense to bring in unvetted people from areas that hate us? It's not saying never bring them in, but vet them. What's wrong with that? It's not racist, sexist, or anything. It's self-preservation. What's wrong with having a country where you actually have norms, social norms that make you hang together as a country? I don't live in South Africa. I don't live in Canada. I live in the United States. I'm not a South African. I'm not a Canadian. And I have certain norms that I grew up with that makes me proud of my country. Nothing's perfect. Nothing. I don't care. So for anybody to say, well, we had a history of, yeah, okay, we had a history, but you know what? I'm sitting here in this studio. I'm part of a society. I'm thriving in the society. So it can't be that bad. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And if I were any, any other country, I'm not sure I could say it the same way. But if it's not good, then make it better. But to tear down, to live in a negative space where you don't do anything because someone did something to you 200 years ago is ridiculous. What do you, how do you ever make a change if you don't play the game? What everybody of the status quo would like people to do is be stagnant, to have the mindset of somebody did something to me so I can't possibly ever succeed. And it's so bad now that if people who are literally part of the 1%, these kids in college, white and black, and everybody else, who sit there saying how they're victims, but they're in an elite academic setting. If they would go to class and actually learn something, they would be able to change society instead of resistance. Resistance doesn't help anybody, but it does help the bigger picture, which is to make people hate each other, wallow, not question anything when it's really, you know, the question should be, is this working for me or working against me? If it's working against me, I need to figure out why. But they don't want you to do that. So it's much easier for you to sit around and moan and complain and hate on each other because it serves their agenda. And I was wondered, you know, the, the kids who have grown up with everybody's a winner, everybody gets a trophy, everybody's special, everybody's a princess. I always wondered what they'd be like. Now I see. And that's not a situation that's going to be good when the people who didn't grow up like that are gone. It's going to be a fiasco. I guess they would need, you know, uh, sustainable, you know, uh, what is it, uh, universal income and to be told what jobs they can have. I mean, it's just a very vanilla, no color to this system at all. I guess that's where the pot comes in. You just get narcotized. So you don't even care. You just go along like a what, flotsam, jetsam, something like that. That's not living. But make a choice to actually get informed. Whoever you vote for, make sure you're voting because it's in your interest, not in your group's interest, not in duress because, you know, if I vote a certain way, then I must be a racist. Are you serious? And then I think that's all emotionally, this, this crockpot of emotion that's going on. The people are so put upon 24-7. I don't care what color you are anymore. Everybody's got something wrong going on. Examine your life, honestly. There shouldn't be over 50% of, of college kids 
with a diagnosis of mental illness of some sort. There was something wrong with this system. And it's been in it's been incubating for years. I'm really just I thank God every day that I didn't get sucked into that. You know, love yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, then anybody can take advantage of you. And if you if you take care of yourself, if you love yourself, then there are things that you're not willing to do. I'm not willing to go against my Hippocratic Oath. I love what I do. I will fight tooth and nail to keep medicine, <laughs> make medicine or continue to have medicine work for the interests of the patient, not special interests. I took a stand. Most people don't. They basically have decided, I don't want to make a wave. I don't want to cause a problem. I don't want to put my head up because it might be lopped off. But, you know, it only takes 1% or 2% of us to stand up, and then it stops. In Georgia here, there was a school that got rid of the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, it became a pledge to the government or something ridiculous. And the parents stood up, and they got involved. And they say, we're not taking it. And they back down. This, is, this goes on every single day. Patients can do this. They can decide, I don't want seven minutes with my physician. I want to go to some place where I'm not a number, I'm an individual. And we're going to fix the problem. I'm not going to be taking medicine upon medicine. I'm going to change my mindset. If patients would choose that type of medicine, trust and believe the healthcare system would go along with it because follow the money. We need to understand that we have the power of the purse if we choose to use it. Look at Nike, for example. Everything's a social justice issue now. Completely fabricated, right? This guy chose not to take a job. All of a sudden, he's a victim. I'm not going to support that. I'm not giving you money. for. I don't believe in that. So if you don't believe in something, don't support it. You know, Doing something because it's cool usually is not a good reason to do something. But, you know, that's my take on it. Everybody needs to find their own path in this situation. The only thing I ask humbly is that you do it with a position of knowledge as opposed to emotion. And whatever your choice is, make it because you stand for something as opposed to against. I think that's why the Democrats and the progressives are not going to win this because it's always negative. They don't stand for anything. They stand for hate, division, lack, you know, emotional destitution. It's exhausting to listen to them. It's nothing positive. Nothing's good ever. Even if the numbers are, and they have been, good for every single group in our country, they always find something bad about it. Nothing changes. We're living in the worst world, the worst country in the world. Everybody's better than we are. I don't, I just don't subscribe to that. And I won't vote for anybody who doesn't have a real solution. And the solution for me is not more government. I don't know. I guess that's, that's pretty much all I have to say today. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.